0: Thank y'all. Choir, bless you. Have you ever disappointed anybody? I'm going to say that you probably have. So have I. Or have you been on the other end of it? Somebody close to you, you were very disappointed in them, possibly even caused some grief. Uh, Most of us probably as children probably did something along the way that probably got a whipping, I got some, but then to know that mom and daddy were, they were disappointed in him, cool. that just seemed like it was, was in the heart, and sometimes it is, sometimes though it's those that we're the closest to, but it makes sense, because the ones we're the closest to, we really live life with, so somewhere along the way, disappointment kind of and again, both ways. There's some grief sometimes, husband and wife. Uh, I, I've i disappointed Lana at times, and vice versa. It, it, you've experienced that. Uh, so I want you to think about that in our relationship with the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I've been preaching since January from Isaiah, and I'm about to read from Isaiah again. And the book of Isaiah is about God again, Dealing with his people, sometimes being disappointed and and, uh, just that relationship. But everything that God has done is about, he wants a personal relationship with you. So there's a risk of some disappointment happening. We probably already know that. The title of the sermon this morning is Grief and Fire Ants. The story about the fire ants in just a moment. It's a different kind of grief than what you would think. Although, probably to some of you, yeah, I've had some fire ants and there was some grief. April the 1st was April Fool's Day, but it was also Easter. Mars the 30th, so it's been 30 days. Reminds you that Jesus appeared after he rose from the dead for 40 days before he ascended, like the picture back there we have of the window. I want to share with you one moment that he appeared. To the disciples and just a phrase that he said to them, this is in John 20, verse 22, John 20, 22. the Bible says that he breathed on them, numai is the Greek word, Ruach in the Old Testament Hebrew, but it means breath or spirit, a lot of times we translate it, so but it's interesting to me that he was so close to them that the Holy Spirit wanted to write let us know that He was that close that He breathed on them. And it says, He breathed on them and He said, receive the Holy Spirit. He still wants to be in such close relationship with us that He can breathe on us. He wants us to know His presence in that way. Breath of God, the breath of Jesus be so close to us that He can breathe on Receive the Holy Spirit. sermon since January, I've been preaching from Isaiah, and I'm about to read from Isaiah again. During the Bible study, and if you've been a part of the morning Bible study or evening, some of this will probably tie in better, and we're going to end up talking about it this week on Wednesday, even more details, but uh, I've been using a commentary by Dr. John Oswalt. So I'm going to quote him here in a minute and glean from him and some of my own interjects and my own thoughts, but I wanted to give him credit. So this is a statement that he opened up with. After introducing God's ability to defeat sin, talking about Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, after introducing God's ability to defeat sin in all of its forms, Isaiah returns to a discussion, listen to this, of the human inability to do what's right. The human inability to do what's right, and I know I don't have to remind you this, but I'm going to remind you this: we are all sinners. Bible's pretty clear on it. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that it even tells us that we were born into sin, even from our mother's womb, where we conceived in sin. So it's pretty plain. But that's an important, important theology to know about sin is that you do have it, you were living it, and you were born into it. So we cannot do anything in our own power to change that. That's just the truth. But an important truth, we need to know that. There's not anything in our own power we can do to change that fact. God has been doing everything from Genesis to Revelation to help us understand that He wants to remove that sin from us. He don't want you to die in it because we know that the wages of sin is death, But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Isaiah gives emphasis on the recognition that human failure, human failure will always be the case unless God intervenes. It's one of the things he's wanting to teach to people all the way through the book that, that you have got to have me intervene in your life or, be some failure so he's been teaching that all along and now we're about to read this powerful scripture that he gives us and to say it another way is that you cannot save yourself from yourself the holy spirit is mentioned several times in isaiah 63 in a unique way that a lot of times we only see in the new testament but powerful scripture the holy spirit is mentioned it directly speaks about the people of god and their relationship with the Holy Spirit. But when we read it, we're about to, it should make us think about our relationship with the Spirit of God as well. The 3D that I sent out, I asked you two questions. I'm gonna give them to you again. I'm not gonna fully answer these, I just want you to wrestle with them. You already wrestle with them, but here they are two questions. What makes it possible? What makes it possible for someone to be living in intimacy with God? and then lose that intimacy. How does that happen? But I I know it does. I've experienced that in my journey. There's been times where I know that I have been in much more intimate relationship with God and something happened and now there's not as much intimacy as there once was. So what happened? The second thing I want you to think about is are you living, are you living in the close, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that makes grief a possibility. That'll make more sense in a minute. Are you living and am I living close enough to the Spirit of God that it makes grief or disappointment a possibility? So here's the passage in Isaiah. Isaiah 63, 7-14. Isaiah says, I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord. And the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has bestowed upon us, and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he has bestowed on them according to his mercies, according to the multitude, the multitude, the multitude of his loving kindness. He just keeps loving these people. He just keeps loving them. He just keeps loving them. Kind of like us. For he said, Surely they are my people, children who will not lie. So he became their Savior. In all of their affliction, he was afflicted. He felt their pain. In all of their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. That makes our mind, you know, the angel of his presence saved them. We still need God's presence in our lives. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bore them, and he carried them. He picked them up just like a father of children, and he he bore them, and he he carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled, and they grieved his Holy Spirit. So the relationship there, there was some disappointment, there was some grief. But they rebelled, and they grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned himself against them as an enemy, and he fought against them. But then he remembered the days of old, so he's going to go back and reflect Moses and the journey in Exodus. So here's what he says. Then he remembered the days of old. Moses and his people saying, Where is he who brought them out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who put his Holy Spirit within them? There again, the third person of the Trinity mentioned here in deep ways here in Isaiah. Where is he who put his Holy Spirit within them? Verse 12. Who led them by the right hand of Moses with his glorious arm dividing the water before them to make for himself an everlasting name who led them through the deep as a horse in the wilderness that they might not stumble as a beast goes down in the valley and the Spirit of the Lord, there it is, the Holy Spirit again, and the Spirit of the Lord causes him to rest so you led your people to make yourself a glorious, glorious name. It's all about relationship. And we can, we can put ourselves into that in Isaiah and we can see ourselves in there and the things that God has done for us in those times. And I know God has just picked me up and carried me. And yet I did things that grieved him. And yet I called out for his mercies and love his kindness. And so after all that God has done for them, the Israelites turned against him. Isaiah, he doesn't, in this context, he doesn't put it the rebellion in either like legal terms or so forth. In this case, he doesn't say, well, they broke their covenant or they disobeyed the king. The Other times he said that, and he could have said that, but he didn't hear. He put it in this context. He said, rather, they grieved. They just grieved God's spirit. You see, that's the language of personal relationship. That's the language of disappointment, of hurt. He lifted them up and he carried them as a father does his child. The father's love, his loving kindness, his care, his concern has been treated as worthless. They grieved. So now let me tell you that story about them fire ants. We're finding out that I'm not the best at keeping my grandson sometimes no favor he's about 14 15 months old he's going on 15 months old he's learned how to walk and and uh, you know that once a little human learns how to walk they are completely unaware of any danger whatsoever I mean if they walk up to the Grand Canyon it, I mean, they, they, they don't understand they're completely unaware of the danger so they need to have a responsible adult to take care of them and watch them I'm setting all this up. Well, though, before I tell you the fire ant story, let me tell you what happened to him when I was keeping him about a week and a half before the fire ant story. Favor and I, I had him out in the carport, and he, was, I, he wanted down. And Muddy, he's quick. He's like, he wants to get down. So he's walking, and, boy, he's going out through there. And he went from the smoother concrete inside the carport to the rougher and wiped out. He went down. Mm, mm. I'm like, that's okay, but it's all right. Shake it off. Shake it off. And I look, and he's officially bleeding. He's skin his knee. And he doesn't really, you know, he, oh, mm, he's pretty tough. And I said, that's all, right. It's okay. It's okay. But I'm thinking, I got to tell grandmama, and I, I got to tell, somebody's going to be disappointed in me. I mean, you know, all this is going through me. It's personal relationship. But, you know, I'm thinking I'm toughing him up, you know. He's got his first scab. Oh, yeah, I got him a scab. He's bleeding, you know, it's a, so of course I have to tell, and of course I get, Papa, what did you let him skin his knee for, you know, I said, well, he's all right. he's tough, he didn't even cry, he's like, you know, he doesn't understand blood yet, so anyway, so he's still got this scab on his knee, and I'm keeping him about a week and a half later, and I've got him outside, let me go ahead and tell you, one of the morals of this story is don't text and keep a 14 month old, Just, just add that to your list, so, I'm going outside and he can't talk, but he points. Uh, 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 and he wants to go in the backyard. I know what he wants, so I open up the gate. We've got a fenced in yard, and I'm getting a text, so I let him down. And I'm texting, but I've got an eye on him. Now, let, get the visual. He's wearing pajamas. And they're too long for him, his little short legs, so one of the pajama legs is he's flopping it around it's hanging out about six inches from that left foot. The other one is pulled up I don't know why I laid him down like that, but anyway, there he goes, got his pajamas on I'm texting, oh, and I look up and he is stomping and ain't bed with that left foot that that pajama leg is flopping, and I look and it's just getting darker and darker on the bottom, and I'm running and I'm grabbing him up and i'm I'm knocking ants off, and they're biting me on arms, and I'm trying, he doesn't, he's unaware, he don't know what's going on, but he knows I'm kind of excited now, he's kind of excited, and I'm trying to, and y'all, I yank those pajamas off, because I mean, I don't have any ants, they were all over his foot, and all over the so I'm yanking them off, but human nature, you know how it is, is I'm yanking those pajamas off, and he's in his diaper, and I'm trying to get them off, I look around to see how many neighbors are watching this, <laughs> just in case, you know. But I'm knocking them off, and I'm, shoot, get off ants, and they're in between his toes. I'm getting them off. Now, I've already been bit. I can feel them biting me. I've been bit about six, seven times already. Praise the Lord. He did not have one bite on him. Not one bite. So there's no evidence. And he can't talk. So I'm thinking, do do I really have to let anybody in on this? And y'all know I did. I had to face my daughter, Audra. And she's got that disappointed look of, Papa, good grief, you let him get. I said, yeah, but none of them beat him. He's fine. you know, And then I got my son-in-law over there looking at me. You know. So I'm getting this look of disappointment and discouragement. I've grieved them. And I know that's kind of a funny story. just like these Israelites. There's times I've disappointed the Lord. And he tells us it's possible because he wants personal relationship with us. He, he wants this personal relationship. He wants it to be so close that grief is possible. <laughs> you can grieve your mom and children, siblings, husbands, wife. You can grieve a close personal friend, and I've had that happen both ways. Many of you know, you have too. We don't usually grieve a casual acquaintance. Sometimes we could, but not usually. It's it's somebody close. And we never grieve an enemy. <laughs> they don't care. So is your relationship close enough to the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that you could grieve them? Or, I have to ask it this way, or... Or are we sometimes so unaware of God's presence as were the people in Moses' day? So unaware of God's presence that you and I don't even know if we grieve Him or not. So in a strange way, I go back to those two questions. What makes it possible for someone to be living in intimacy with God and then lose that intimacy? Isaiah teaches yes it's possible and on personal experience most of us could probably go yep I'm there (laughs) been there done that but then that second question it's kind of a strange question are you living in the close intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that even makes grief a possibility so I am saying to you live so close to him that grief is a possibility because that means you're living in personal relationship with him so that when you do grieve him, his spirit convicts you. And thank God we can turn back to all of that mercy and loving, loving kindness and say, God, I'm so sorry. You please forgive me. And he restores. And that's a part of the process of, yes, am I living close enough in relationship to the spirit of God that makes grief a possibility? I read the words of grace while I go from Ephesians 4.30 which says a very similar thing that it does here in Isaiah about grieving the Spirit of God. And so it says, let me remind you, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I'm going to continue this sermon next Sunday. We're going to have communion because not only can we grieve Him, but there's other passage that talks about do not quench the Spirit of God. So that means that's a possibility. Another passage says don't insult the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts, Stephen says to the leaders of the church, he says, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. Quit resisting the Spirit of God. And, of course, then Jesus tells us it's possible that we can blaspheme Him. pardonable sin to blaspheme the Spirit of God. So deep, deep, deep relationships that we can have with the presence and the Spirit of God. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I looked it up in the Good News Translation. Good News Translation reads it this way. And do not make God's Holy Spirit sad. For the Spirit is God's mark of ownership on you. A guarantee that the day will come when God will set you free. Dr. Dennis Kinlaw said, it is a matter of inner attitude. It is a matter of inner attitude which determines all personal relationships. I think that's true. It's an inner attitude that does touch and determines all personal relationships. But it's true with us and God, this God who says, I'll forgive you. I don't want you to die in your sins. I'll pick you up. I I will give you my mercy. I will pour out on you my loving kindness even when you grieve me. But we have to receive him. We have to turn to him. And I think that's just in my own mind one of the reasons Jesus came in there and got so close that he could breathe on him. That close. and said receive my Holy Spirit. I think he still comes to us and says the same thing. Harvey receive my spirit. You have grieved me, but be filled again. Receive my spirit. Because everything that He has done, everything that Isaiah has been teaching us, everything from Genesis 3rd chapter on, Easter, empty tomb, all of it, because this God wants you to know that He bore you. The Holy Spirit. So I end this way and ask you to consider these three things. Do you need to tell the Holy Spirit that you're sorry for grieving him? Why not tell him? Maybe you are. Be aware of his presence about you close enough that he can breathe on you the last thing do you need to ask the Holy Spirit just to fill you afresh and anew and I find in my walk I can do that every day and I need to I find that I can be a better pastor if I got the Holy Spirit helping me be one I can be a better husband to Atlanta if the Holy Spirit is living in me afresh and So why wouldn't I say to Jesus, yes, I want to receive your spirit. That's how much God loves us. That's how much he wants to redeem us. That's how much he wants to restore us. Not only is he willing to forgive us of our sins, but he's willing to put his spirit in us so that we can have the ability to be the sons and daughters that he's called us to be. That's our God. Let's pray together. God, we love you today. And in those areas in our life where we're failing in that love, we repent, forgive us, and fill us so that we'll love like you. Lord, we praise you today. We're sorry that we've grieved you in any way. Help us to restore that relationship by coming to you and asking for forgiveness. Thank you that you are a God who wants to carry us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together. and. Saying, "I want to be a Christian in my heart."